ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to a brand new episode here on The Truth, a brand new MLB podcast. I really like doing the last MLB podcast, kind of like the opening day starting podcast, thingamajig or whatever you like to call it. Um, and so I was like, you know what, let's do another podcast, another MLB podcast. And since the first weekend of the MLB season just wrapped up, I figured I would kind of recap it. Uh, you know, show some surprising performances that I thought are good performances, surprising series that we saw, um, and even question marks, you know, outlooks, takeaways from the season, and looking forward to see what the rest of the MLB season will look like. So without further ado, let's hop right into it. I think every baseball fan in the world was excited to see the start of an MLB baseball season on time, um, you know, right when opening day normally starts. I think a lot of people were very excited because of the COVID situation last year, not starting till June, July, some sometime in the summer. I don't remember the exact month. Um, and only a 60-game season compared to the 162-game regular season most of the time. So a lot of people were excited about that. I know as a baseball fan, I was as well. Uh, we had a game as well, so I kind of felt like that opening day feeling. Um, but yeah, a lot of people were excited. I'm excited for the season. I think the season's going to go by very smoothly. I do think there will be some COVID situations, but that's expected, especially with a 162-game situation. As you guys saw already, or at least I think you guys probably should have at least seen, if you're not living under a rock, people, the Nationals and the Mets, um, their opening series got postponed due to uh, the Nationals' COVID issues, which is ironic in a way because the Nationals last year had that issue with COVID to start with Juan Soto, I know for sure, testing positive. So kind of weird how the Nationals have had two years in a row, the two COVID seasons, they have issues on opening day. Um, but it looks like they're going to be back to normal starting their season tomorrow against the Braves with a doubleheader. So good news there. And also good news with that series is the Mets and the Nationals play uh, in the same division. So it's easier for them to schedule games. And it's a good thing that this happened at the very beginning of the season and not necessarily towards the end of the year where it would be harder to get in the games if they were able to get them in at all. So yeah, you know, you're going to have to go back to the doubleheaders a couple of days against the Mets, but I still think it's a win there if you're an MLB fan and if you're in the MLB front office. I do believe there will be some more COVID issues down the line, like I mentioned. I'm not saying that they're going to have, you know, the what happened last year with, like, the Marlins, where they had, like, the 15-day break or whatever. I don't think it'll be anything too insane. I think the most that will happen will be the what's going on now with the, with a series being canceled or postponed or a couple of games. I don't think there will be a long, lengthy time off for a team with COVID. Now, I could be wrong. You know, Vancouver Canucks for the NHL just had a situation where basically everyone in their organization is testing positive for COVID. So there's differences there. But I think as the vaccine rollout continues to roll out and get into deeper and deeper age groups or levels, and more and more people are getting vaccinated every day. I definitely think the chances for the MLB to have a successful so-called COVID season will continue on down the line. So that's the good news there on the COVID aspect. Other than that, it's baseball. Baseball is back. You know, fans are in the stands. Definitely a good sight to see. I know the Rangers uh, tonight have their opening game as at the time I'm recording this. Um, and they're having 100% capacity, which is <laughs> going to be crazy. But most stadiums allowing, I think, maybe eight to 12,000 fans. So a healthy number of fans slowly welcoming back. That's another thing, too, that I'm excited to see as time moves on. I think there will be more fans moving forward um, in the stadiums. Again, once numbers start going down, vaccinations go up, things like that. So 
definitely a lot of positives. I think this is kind of the start of a change for sports in a way. Yeah, there's some stadiums in the NBA that are have allowed fans. NFL has allowed fans. But I think this is a good season to start bringing back fans, bringing things back to normal. Because COVID isn't probably going to go away anytime soon, but it can. it's getting better in a way. Yeah, we're kind of heading towards a fourth wave, but as vaccinations continue to go up, they're having the four or five million vaccinations a day. Things will definitely be moving in the right direction. So I think a lot of people can breathe easy about that. Enough COVID talk. Let's talk about baseball. I'm going to go over uh, the first category here. I got surprising performances, kind of my surprises um, or even expected in a way. I know I put surprising performances here, but good performances for the week. So the first one I got, I got two AL uh, Bombers, uh, Gary Sanchez for the Yankees and Byron Buxton, both two home runs apiece. Byron Buxton, you know, for my Minnesota Twins, got to watch a lot of him this uh, this weekend, playing against a very good Brewers team, which I'll talk about later. But Buxton, very fast, one of the fastest people in the uh, MLB, great defender, great center fielder. You know, he was, I believe, the number one draft choice a long time ago. I could be wrong about that, but very good player. A lot of expectations for him to be successful. This year, watching his plate appearances have just been a sight to see. He's taking pitches, he's driving the ball, and he has two home runs. I believe for sure one was opposite field. So great there by Byron Buxton. The one concern I have for Buxton is his health. He's got to make sure he stays healthy because if he does that, he seriously could have an MVP-type season as he's entering his prime here, that 27-year-old mark. A lot of people would say is a prime. So Buxton, a great performance there against a good Brewers pitching staff. Gary Sanchez, two home runs again, or two home runs against the Blue Jays. You know, Gary Sanchez gets a lot of hate in a way for not being a good defensive catcher, but on the hitting side of it, he's one of the best defensive catcher or one of the best catchers in the league on the hitting aspect of things. I'm excited to see what he's going to do as the season goes around. I can see Gary Sanchez having a 40 home run season. I really do believe so. I think he'll be one of the main reasons why the Yankees are successful this year. I think as well, his defense will be a little bit better than last year. I think with so much criticism on his defense, I think it kind of motivates him to get better at it. And once he can complete the defensive part of being the catcher, he really has, you know, the sky is really the limit for him. So excited to see there. But those guys, two home runs apiece. I think this guy right here surprised a lot of people. Yerman Mercedes for the White Sox had eight hits to start his MLB career including five for five start on his first game. This guy is going to be insane. You know, he's doing this. I mean, a lot of people with their first games have tons of nerves and don't perform to the best of their abilities. This guy did not even care. He was getting hits left and right. Even the last game that he played in, when he went one for five, he still had a base hit and has that three-game hitting streak. So I really do expect a good season and a good career for Mercedes. Um, you know, it could just be a fluke in a way. I really don't think so. This guy knows what he wants to do. He knows how to be a successful MLB hitter. And I'm just excited to see, um, I'm just excited to see what, what he brings to the table and what he can, uh, bring for that White Sox lineup. I think that, you know, he's going to be successful. I think that he's going to help the White Sox, uh, become one of the powerhouses, in the American League and even the MLB, rather. So, Yerman Mercedes, eight hits to start the year. Pretty remarkable, in my opinion. 
Next on uh, performances, I got Cattell Marte. Cattell Marte with nine hits and two home runs. Marte looked really strong um, this weekend, you know, facing some really good pitching. Blake Snell, you Darvish, uh, I believe both are Cy Young winners. So facing those two guys and putting up the numbers that he put up this weekend is definitely an eye popper. Cattell Marte, obviously, the, I would say the best player on the Diamondbacks roster. And he just brings a lot to the table. He's fast. He bats in the top of the lineup. And he's great defensively. So maybe you could tell Marte an early favorite for MVP. I'm not sure, but definitely got to keep an eye out for that. One uh, one surprising performance I put out there was Tatis. I believe he had five errors. You know, I think it's interesting. Um, players that sign those massive contracts, normally that next season is when they really start to kind of like, at, the, at least at the beginning of the year, start to kind of, struggle and I wonder if that has anything to do with the amount of pressure they might be feeling after signing the 350 million dollar deals or whatever the situation is so very interesting to see that but Tatis five errors this weekend very interesting very intriguing um, one of the things we'll talk about towards the end of the podcast is what's going on with all these errors I feel like there's been a lot more errors than normally uh, there is so very interesting but Tatis you know he still did well offensively I believe that for sure one home run, maybe even two, hit a ball like 460 feet, but defensively, a lot of struggles there for, for Tatis. I think that's definitely something people should keep their eye on to see how that will continue on throughout the rest of the season. Uh, very interesting there. And then Jose Barrios for my Minnesota Twins. 12 Ks, six innings pitched, no hits. Had a no hitter through six innings, got pulled, um, you know, kind of as the pitchers are working their way in. You know, he had like a pitch count, like of 85, so... You know, very interesting to see if you would have thrown the first no-header of the season. Um, definitely was very capable of both pitchers in that game. I believe the other pitcher for the Brewers was Corbin Burns. I could be wrong about that. But Barrios, you know, kind of came up at the beginning of, the, of his career, went back down, came up again, I believe, a couple of years ago. And ever since he's came up that second time, has really been a key performer and one of the better pitchers in the league, for sure, on that Minnesota Twins lineup. I believe he was the opening day starter last year, so definitely has tons of talent. Um, very, very good stuff. His fastball was very lively. His off-speeds were filthy. Great, great pitching performance there by Barrios. I'm excited to see what he's going to be doing this year. Hopefully, he has more performances like that, because that probably means the Twins are doing well. Uh, but Barrios, a great performance there. Those were my kind of big eye-opening performances I felt. Um, obviously there were some other performances out there that were probably the same or maybe even a little bit better. Um, a lot of household names, things of that nature, but just wanted to put a couple out here, see how, uh, we were feeling after that. A couple of surprising series I put on here. It's our next topic. The Baltimore Orioles win all three, uh, against the Boston Red Sox. This was definitely, I think, a surprise for a lot of people. The Red Sox were very bad last year. Um, so very intriguing to see how they're going to bounce back here in this 2021 season. Orioles also were pretty bad. You know, the Orioles were terrible, very, really terrible a couple of years ago, losing over 100 games. It just did not look like there was any light at the end of the tunnel for them. But going on the road to start the season and, you know, sweeping a division rival, I definitely think is a big boost for them. Trey Mancini is back uh, with colon cancer. So that was a big uh, help back to the lineup. But there's just a lot of people on that Orioles lineup that's not going to jump out at you, but are getting the job done. Uh, there's one guy in specific I'm going to look up for his name because I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Um, but they got other key weapons. You know, they got Sal 
Salatamander, Salatamander, Satamander. I don't know how to say his name. I really don't. Uh, but he's very good uh, for that Oakland A's lineup. Mullins. Mullins is the guy. Cedric Mullins having a good start to the year. Um, has already 10 hits. Uh, is batting 588 uh, as well. So very good off the Orioles lineup. Um, Pitching-wise, uh, John Means had a good uh, outing in his game uh, against the Red Sox. Did really well, honestly. Pitched seven innings, only gave up one run. Very surprising there as well. You know, pitching-wise for the Orioles looks good. Right now, everything's clicking for the Orioles, and I'm very interested to see how they're going to match up against the Yankees here, which I believe they're playing this series. I could be wrong about that. Let's like take a look at their schedule here. Um, I believe they're playing the Yankees. Yeah, they lost the Yankees today um, and lost the Yankees yesterday. So now they're 3-2, and two. but very interesting to see what they're looking like down the line. Uh, taking a look at a couple of the next series, they got the Red Sox again. Then they got a four-game set against the Mariners, three against the Rangers, and two against the Marlins. So very eye-opening and intriguing. Could they kind of get a little run going there with some of the lower-end teams uh, in the league? So very interesting to see. But yeah, Red Sox losing their first three. Uh, bouncing back, though, against the Rays, winning their last two games. So yeah, just very surprising to start opening weekend. Another very surprising one, the Astros beating the Oakland Athletics on the road all four games of the series. Uh, the Athletics lost again yesterday, so uh, very, very interesting and rough start. They're losing right now to the Dodgers, about to maybe become 0-6. Don't know what's going on with the A's there, but the Astros, you know, kind of snuck into the wild card position last year and then uh, beating the Twins, and then I think they beat, they, beat the, they beat another team. I can't remember off the top of my head, so had a good run. Now this year, you lose uh, Springer to the Blue Jays. How does that affect their lineup? They really just have performed well in all aspects. Bregman's on fire. Altuve's on fire. Their pitching's there. Everything is there for the Astros right now. Um, winning all four against the A's. The A's right now, I believe, are about to be 0-6. So what's going on there with the A's? You know, a lot of people had the A's winning the division again or going to the two seed. Now, obviously, I know that there's a lot of time left in the season, but to start, 0-6, very intriguing uh, over there. Phillies win all three over the Braves as well. Another one of those weird series, you know, the Atlanta Braves coming off a great season, I believe finishing second in the NLCS. Phillies not even making the playoffs. So very interesting to see the Phillies win all three. Similarly to the other teams that were successful, I mean, it's all kind of the same pattern, you know. Pitching and defense were phenomenal. Hitting was good. And on the other side for the Braves, pitching struggled, hitting struggled, Phillies struggled. That's normally how baseball games are played, and that's why teams win and teams lose. But very interesting to see that from a very talented Braves team. Uh, I believe Okunia got hurt today. I heard somewhere that he got hurt swinging the bat. Could be wrong, and that could be a completely different guy, but I heard that briefly at baseball. If that's true... How does that affect the Braves moving down the line? You're already struggling to start the season. How does that affect losing their probably best player on their team? So very intriguing to see about that. But Phillies, man, are the Phillies going to contend for the NL East this year? Are they going to come out on top? Are the, is this like a new new year? Teams going down, teams going up. That's why I said it's going to be a very interesting year to watch. And then the Dodgers take three out of the four over the Rockies. Not necessarily surprising. I just wanted to share that i guess because the dodgers are just phenomenal this year their pitching's untouchable i mean i'll get into that a little more deeper down the line uh they lost opening day and the uh, dodgers took the next three so good bounce back there by the dodgers 
The Rockies, I don't really think, have a chance this year. Losing Arenado was one of their was obviously a big concern and seeing what they were going to be able to do. But losing Arenado, I definitely think, is a big loss. Um, yeah, you still got Story, you got Blackman, Tapia, those guys. But pitching, I really think, is going to struggle for the Rockies this year and kind of be the reason why they aren't successful. Um, it kind of showed against the Dodgers. You know, the Dodgers are scoring 11 runs, you know, things like that. So it shows in a way. But, yeah, Dodgers took three out of the four against the Rockies. Dodgers, again, are untouchable. I'll talk about that more a little bit as we'll be heading to break here. But when we come back, I'll be talking about my early season takeaways uh, for this season. Welcome back from the break here on The Truth. Moving into the final part of the podcast, I got a lot of early season takeaways um, that I've seen from opening weekend. Very exciting to see how these are going to pan out here for the rest of the season. The first one I put, uh, just because I watched a lot of the series and was able to watch my favorite team, I said the Twins and Brewers are going to be legit in all aspects this year. I know the Twins lost today to the Tigers in uh, walk-off fashion. I believe the Brewers were still beating the Cubs last time I checked in the ninth, but both teams looked phenomenal. Pitching-wise, was insane. Like I said, in Game 2, I believe I believe it was Game 2, the Milwaukee Brewers pitcher and the Minnesota Twins pitcher had no hitters through six innings. I mean, it was just insane. The pitching-wise was just phenomenal. Offensively, um, the bats were kind of quiet, but looking at other games like the following day, you know, the Brewers against the Cubs, Twins scoring 15 against the Tigers, if both teams can get their pitching and hitting to be the best in the league, obviously they're going to win games. This was a dogfight of a series. Both teams battled hard. Honestly, the Twins should have swept them uh, with a little shenanigans going on in the ninth inning the opening day. But both teams look legit, and both teams, I believe, will win their respective divisions. If not, at least make the playoffs. You know, the Brewers, front two, and Woodruff and Burns off the top are just phenomenal. Bullpen-wise, uh, Devin Williams, you know, the rookie, one of the, honestly, could have been the rookie of the year last year. Um, you know, Hater's still there. Um, in the twin side, you got Colomay in the pen, Rogers, Duffy, I mean, both teams are legit in every aspect of, and I believe, firmly believe, that both teams have a great shot of winning and actually making a run for the pennant this year. Dodgers pitching staff is untouchable. You got Kershaw as your one, Bauer as your two, Bueller as your three, Urias as your four, Dustin May as your five. In the bullpen, you got Trinan, Price, Jansen. Offensively, you got Turner, Bellinger, Betts, I mean, this is one of the greatest teams I think you will ever see in your lifetime. A lot of people will always say that about certain powerhouse teams, but the best pitching staff, one of the best pitching staffs of all time, in my opinion, one of the best hitting teams, one of the best bullpens. I mean, the team itself on paper by far is the best team. Now, does that mean they're going to win all 162 games? Obviously not. They're still going to you know lose 40 or 50 at the bare minimum. I really do believe the Dodgers can win over 107 games. I really do believe so with just the amount of talent they have. Obviously, pitchers, hitters are going to have their off days. Teams are going to beat them. It's going to happen. It's baseball. But looking at that team, specifically the pitching staff, you got two, probably three, maybe even four in Urias, Cy Young winners. I mean, I, I just, I've never seen a pitching rotation as dominant as the Dodgers. And I mean, like I said, they still got bats as well, defensively, bullpen, everything's just phenomenal. I'm very excited to watch the Dodgers play this year. 
I touched on this a little bit earlier, but what's with all the errors? A lot of people, or a lot of teams rather, have had errors. I think a lot of people have noticed that. I've seen on Twitter, you know, what's going on with all these fielders making errors. Is it jitters? Is it nerves? Is it like nerves in a way that fans are back in the stands now? Like what is going on with all these errors? I think in opening weekend, this is one of the most errors that have been out there in forever. Because for some reason, players are just making errors. And I mentioned Tatis had five. Other key players were making errors. Like, it's just very weird because a lot of times you'll always see MLB players not making errors. And obviously, they're going to make errors. They're human. They're not perfect. But you'd see them make the difficult plays, make the throws, and everyone would be like, yeah, major leaguers do this, major leaguers do that. But for some reason this year, there's been a lot of errors and a lot of people are wondering why. Why is that the case? Why is there so many errors? Very interesting to see how that affects games and teams down the line. I really do uh, really am curious to see how that's going to affect. Is, is this going to continue up? Like, is this trend going to continue for some reason? I don't know why um, or don't know how it's happening, but we'll see. Uh, just something that I noticed on opening weekend that I wanted to touch about briefly. Will the Reds be okay without Bauer? Single-handedly, Trevor Bauer brought the Reds to the playoffs last year. Is that because I'm a Trevor Bauer super fan? Maybe, but looking at the Cy Young winner last year, he single-handedly would carry their team into the playoffs. They made it by a couple of games. His starts were phenomenal. Even in the playoff game that he pitched against the Braves, I mean, he was just lights out. And so it, I think single-handedly Trevor Bauer brought the Reds to the playoffs. But this year, you know, he leaves to go for the Dodgers. Look at the Reds offensively specifically. Castellanos is on fire. Their pitching has been relatively good. Granted, you're missing Sonny Gray as well. So very interesting to see if the Reds can make a playoff run without the guy that led them to the playoffs last year. So I think they're going to be okay. You know, at first I was like, uh, losing Bauer after what they just, you know, had to happen to them might be a little cause for concern, but I really do believe the Reds will be okay. I'm not saying necessarily going to make it, they're going to make the playoffs, but they're definitely going to be a third or fourth seed at the worst in the NL Central, in my opinion, because of their bats and Castellanos and, and, and uh, their hitting side of things for sure. And then once they get Gray back, they'll be a little extra better as well. Could the Orioles make the playoffs this year? You know, I mentioned they went a three-game sweep against the Red Sox. Could they make the playoffs? Like, there's just so many sneaky talent on the Orioles that nobody knows about. Nobody knows about uh, South's manager. People know, obviously, about Trey Mancini. The pitcher I mentioned that, you know, seven innings, one hit. Like, nobody knows a lot of the key players that are helping the Orioles be successful. The Orioles have just been so bad a lot of the years. I just don't think that people are going to give them credit. And could they find a way to sneak into the playoffs, to sneak into that wild card spot? Do I think they're going to win the division? Absolutely not. I don't think that's possible. But do I think they can make the playoffs? I do. I really do. If they started off, the way they started off the year this year really looked like a playoff caliber team. Obviously, there's 150 more games left, so I might get a little bit of a head myself. But why not have some fun with it? The Orioles have been so bad this in, the, in recent years. Let's have fun with it and just let's just say they'll make the playoffs. I really do believe they have the talent to make the playoffs. Call me crazy. A lot of people do. I could see them making the playoffs. Expect a down year for the Rangers, Indians, and Diamondbacks. You know, Rangers, I don't think are going to do anything this year. Their opening series against the Royals was really sad. Um, it was really, really sad. You know, Gibson, opening day starter, lasted one out. Hitting-wise, you got Gallo. That's pretty much it. Defensively, 
Kiner Falfefa or Falfea Kiner, however you say his name, Isaiah Kiner Falfefa is probably one of their better players defensively. I just don't see them competing well with any of the teams. And I think maybe more than anything, they should just continue focusing on rebuilding and build their team up for the future to try to get back to the playoffs. I just don't think this is the year, especially in the AL West uh, with the Angels and uh, Astros, you know, doing really well to start. I don't think the Rangers are going to do anything for the next couple of years. The faster they rebuild, the sooner they'll have success, in my opinion. I just don't think they want to rebuild, but they definitely have to, in my opinion. Indian-wide, or for the Indians, I do believe the same thing. Losing Lindor definitely hurt them, as well as Carrasco. But they're always like that. They always get rid of their players. They're kind of like, it's like they develop them to be superstars, and then they get rid of them. They got rid of Bauer. He became a Cyan. You know, Lindor, now he's on the mat. Like, they get rid of those players. They build them up and get rid of them. It's weird. I don't know what the Indians decide to do. They, you know, they don't even have Brett Hand anymore. They're all-star closers. So, I really do believe they'll have another down year. I don't know what the point of that is because if they keep all those guys together, they have a really talented team and a team that can win the Central and a team that can make a run in the playoffs. So, I don't expect anything from them this year. I think losing those guys, specifically Lindor and Carrasco, two of the better players in the Indians, really hurt them, uh, and, you know, living in Cleveland for a year, it sucks. It sucks seeing the Indians stuff like that, and I just think this year will be continuing to be the same. The final team I've put on there is the Diamondbacks. Again, similarly to the other two teams I mentioned, I don't think their roster is good enough to compete with the rest of the MLB. On the Diamondbacks, I pretty much think it's Cattell Marte, Eduardo Escobar. That's pretty much all I got, and Eduardo Escobar is iffy. The only reason why I put him on there is because he was on the Twins. I mean, on the Twins players are insane. But Cattell Marte is really it. Uh, Pitching-wise, they don't have the best pitching staffs. Even my Diamondback friends down here didn't even know who their pitchers were when they were like their number two or three pitchers. I've never even heard of this guy. So they're kind of in that position. They have a lot of young talent. Uh, do I think it's time for them to just completely focus on rebuilding and be better for the future years? I do believe so. I don't think this is their year this year especially in that NL West with the Dodgers and the Padres, both going to be contending hard for that. I don't see them making the playoffs this year. Um, I really don't Or next year as long as they, you know, don't like if they're trying, but like they should be rebuilding. So I really don't expect a good year for the Diamondbacks. They struggled against the Padres. Now, granted, it is the Padres, but you definitely got to beat the best to be the best, in my opinion. So down years for those threes. I put Mercedes, could he be the next star and help the White Sox make the playoffs? Could this Mercedes guy be the next star? You know, they got a lot of talent there in Chicago. And one of the reasons why people are saying the White Sox will win the Central this year, make a run in the playoffs, is because of the team that they have. Mercedes, adding Mercedes to the list will only help them uh, in the future, as you can tell. Uh, but Mercedes is a good, good player. You know, he's got tons of talent, uh, tons of IQ of the game. You know, starting off your career with eight hits definitely will help bolster your case. But he could be one of the could he be one of the X factors that helps makes help make the White Sox win the Central and make a run in the playoffs. It'd be very interesting to see um, how the next couple of weeks go for him and the White Sox. And I think if he continues to keep up his hot streak, this is a guy you're going to want to keep looking at for years to come. He could be uh, one of those all stars and even one of the better players in the league. But he definitely, could I be overshooting myself right now? Yes. But does he have the talent and capabilities to do so? Yes. Starting off with eight hits to start your career is definitely a positive outlook on things. Otani, if he stays healthy, 
will be the reason the Angels make the playoffs, both on the pitching side of things and the hitting side of things. One of the things the major concern with Otani is staying healthy. In his first start slash uh, hitting appearance, he pitched phenomenally. I wouldn't say necessarily phenomenally. He pitched really well and also hit really well. His first at bat, I believe it was the first pitch too, he hit a home run like 450 feet. The main concern though a lot of Angels fans have is his, his health. Can he stay healthy? He throws 100 miles an hour. He's got a great split finger you know, and off-speed pitches. And he can hit a crap ton as well. Will he be the reason? Now, obviously, Mike Trout, Anthony Rendon will help make the Angels make the playoffs. But take Shohei's quality starts and his quality at-bats to get those extra runs and prevent those extra runs. Could be the difference from one game in the playoffs, one game out of the playoffs. It really could. So I think, obviously, we know Mike Trout, Rendon, those guys are going to help the Angels make the playoffs. But I think Otani will be the difference maker if they do or don't make the playoffs. And then finally... It will be a great and surprising MLB season. I believe there's going to be a lot of teams that you expect to make the playoffs and make a run for the World Series, but there's also going to be teams you expected to that don't make the playoffs, or there's going to be teams you didn't even expect at all to make the playoffs and make a run. It should be a very exciting year. I think the MLB has done a good job with the COVID situation, keeping it under control at the moment. Um, Hopefully that stays the same way. But I think it's going to be super fun. I think a lot of MLB fans are excited to see. And I do firmly believe that they will be able to get 162 games season in. Yeah, there's probably going to be cancellations. We have to make up with double headers. But this will be one of the more fun seasons in the MLB, I think, in a while. Maybe that's because a lot of people hadn't watched the MLB in for a little bit because of the pandemic. Uh, but I really do believe this will be a great MLB season. Thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast here. I hope you guys did enjoy it and find it useful. Thank you guys again for your support here on The Truth. It definitely means a lot. If you guys have any suggestions for podcasts, um, please feel free to reach out. You know, I'm always looking for more ideas. I love doing these. You know, I try to get them out at least once a week. Sometimes it's hard just because of my schedule with work, baseball, school. You know, some days I get like 15 minutes of free time in my house. That's not enough time to plan and record a podcast. But I listen to your guys' suggestions, um, you know, if you comment them or DM me. Most of you guys have my information. If not, always feel free to comment on my YouTube channel now every once in a while. It's probably the best method for new viewers out here um, to contact me. Just put hashtag the truth and put a podcast suggestion, and I will look into it. And if I do pick your podcast, it will be featured in my next one, or you will be featured in my next one, the podcast I do that with. Um, but like I said, just reach out. Let me know what you guys want to do because ultimately this podcast is all about you guys uh, and I want you guys to be happy and enjoy yourselves. So thank you guys so much for taking time out of your day to listen to it. Like I said, I hope you find it useful. Uh, Stay safe in this crazy world. I'll talk to you guys in the next one as always. Take care.